Damn. Dude, I got a battle scar from my son's favorite thing to do is a wrestle. Yeah. I just noticed. Uh, I got a <coughs> arm bar, which is fuck, came right down my face, right down to my nose. Ah. My, uh. son, my son can execute a perfect arm bar already. And you didn't tap out either, did you? Uh, some suckers. You just literally lift them up like, <laughs> just go like this, like your Sylvester Stallone. It goes up over the top. Man, 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 man. That is something. That is yeah. something else. I'll tell you what. Uh, I don't know if you have anything from <coughs> North Haven, Connecticut, but I do. Um, it's called Mad Villains. New England style, double IPA, 8.8% by Two Villains Brewing. Mm, packed yeah. by 12%. I have um, no hopes for this one, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, this one's in Bloomfield. The brewery's in Plainfield, Connecticut, but they contract brewed this one out of another brewery. So interesting. The brewery itself's in Plainfield, but it was contract brewed by another one called Hooker Brewing. Thomas Hooker Brewing. Thomas Hooker. Interesting. All right, we're gonna go ahead and recap uh, Week 13, preview Week 14. <laughs> Tim, I did it again. <laughs> I, I played with the picks, and um, I tied up the game. Ooh, baby, baby. Again, another reference the youths will not understand. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, all right. Let's get into this episode. Season 4, episode 12. Week 13, pick them. Uh, those are the beers that we're going to be drinking. Tim, let's get into it. Let's go, man. Sorry, I'm uh, munching on some Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its. <clears throat> yeah, man. Love Undefeated. Yeah, yeah. That's a good snack. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, so the first thing I think that's fantastic about this beer, I got this this weekend, happened to go to Church Key, mm -hmm. um, one of my favorite places to drink beer in D.C. And of course, every time I go there, I'm like, listen, 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 Linda, listen. Uh, as Denzel said in that uh, in that viral clip, when I leave, I'm taking something with me, right? Mm. Uh, so I, I look at the, uh, to, yeah, the to-go beer menu is crazy. And then look at this, MF Doom times two. This is. I almost feel bad for drinking. There, there have been very, very few beer labels that I've been like, "Holy shit!" Uh, I had a Nipsey Hustle um, tribute IPA that was absolutely insanity, and the can art was crazy. This is Mad Villains MF2. I mean, this. I gotta figure out how am I gonna take a decent Instagram photo of this because I'm, I'm gonna fuck it up. But uh, was the uh, 8 .8%. Nipsey Hustle? Uh, is it other half? No, not other half. It's the Monkish. Mm. -mm. Nope, it was one from uh, another place out in California. I got mm -hmm. it as part of a Secret Santa uh, oh, right. beer stork last year. And let me tell you, it slapped, as the kids say. Uh, let's go. Smells incredible off the nose. Doesn't look like there's any hop floaties. That's always a good thing. Mm -hmm. Not that I hate it. You know, I understand that like it's a hazy IPA and that, you know, sometimes the hop particles are going to not be suspended in animation forever and they are going to sink to the bottom of the glass. But when you get like a shelf turd beer that you just crack, I, I can smell it now because I've had like, honestly, over a thousand IPAs. Not bragging. Uh, it's probably not a good number. <laughs> a little brag. <laughs> a little bag. A little brag. Um, but I can, I can tell immediately when an IPA is skunked or when it's just going to be absolute shit or when it's dead. Uh, we were at a, at a place this weekend. I should not have gotten an IPA at this place. It was like a pool hall. It was very clear that uh, they don't clean the lines. <laughs> I should have just got a whiskey ginger like everyone else is getting. And I was like, oh, I'll have this Aslan IPA. And I go to put it up to my lips, and I was like, this smells sour. 
this is not supposed to be a sour beer. <laughs> and I was like, Ugh, I'm just going to put this on the table and hide it behind something. And then everyone's like, I'm just not going to drink the beer. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. But I'm going to drink this one. So here we go. Bottoms up. Sim- Sim's delicate palate. <laughs> very good. Very, very good there. The only thing that, and maybe you know more than I do because you got a lot of experience in these um, New Haven, Connecticut brews, but when they get above eight to eight five, I feel like a majority of them taste the same. There, there may be like good like flavor differentiators, but like you can definitely taste that like the booze. It's coming down the freight train. So I am gonna give this one probably. It's it's very nice on the on the palate afterwards. Um but up front you can definitely taste a lot of the booze, which again, almost nine percent. I would expect that. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're gonna get the sugar esters from the alcohol. So let's go three eight here. Hmm. Three eight. Three eight for the kids. Got it. All right. Uh, so this one, this one, this one pains me a little bit because I'm going into this one with almost zero expectations and not a lot of hope. Uh, there's a local brewing company, Relic Brewing, uh, phenomenal place. The owner's pretty cool. Uh, chatted with him a couple of times. They have one of the biggest whiskey collections also there that you can get in the entire state. And he's like really hardcore about, uh, his whiskey. To the point where he even went to Ireland, visited a bunch of uh, distilleries out there. And I, I wish I could recall the name of it, but one of the Scotch locations he went to uh, sold him at cost one of their most valuable bottles of whiskey that normally goes like $30,000 at auction. Mm-hmm. Um, but he sold it to him with because he knew it was going to come back to the States in Connecticut and he was going to open it up and he was going to sell it at cost for poor to anybody who wanted to try it. Uh, and the, uh, the distillery, I guess it was the owner was pumped that instead of all of his stuff going into collections, someone was actually going to get to try it. So they ended up selling him a, uh, a bottle of it, but they expanded a little bit. Um, I had a bunch of my guy friends come from all over the place and we, did a bunch of brewery stops a couple of years ago. Relic is where we uh, ended up. And shout out to Jeff Darlington for coming out and joining us. Unfortunately, it was kind of a weird afternoon. Things took kind of a an, an awkward turn, so we had to bail on Jeff a little while after he got there. But uh, Darlington came out. We were fucking around with like table games, and it was a really cool spot. Um, <clears throat> but this one, it's called Death by Pecan Pie, and I love a good pecan oh. pie. A little sweet. Uh, I like that sort of nutty finish to it. Unfortunately, we've all, you know, we've heard the bingo card. We know where I lie and where my loyalties are in terms of stouts. So I've been fortunate enough to have some amazing stouts. Uh, So I'm trying to keep my expectations low here. Um, But it's an imperial stout with flavors of pecan, graham, chocolate, and whipped cream. I don't know where chocolate comes into play in a pecan pie, um, but we're going to try it out here. And it smells really good. Doesn't smell like pecans it does smell like a like a pie or like a thanksgiving dessert of some kind huh question for you yeah do you get any of that did you have pecan pie on thanksgiving i did not nobody up here makes it i should just make it for myself christmas um i had to settle for some pumpkin which i also do love all right 
Uh, it looks fantastic. I mean, look at this sucker. Whew. Nice. <clears throat> nice little Imperial. Glass. Yeah. What's this bad boy? This is 8.5%. All right. Um, Porter or Stout? Uh, it's an Imperial Stout. Mm -hmm. Imperial Milk Stout, actually. So, should be sweet, but let's let's give it a go. So what's interesting is most most of these beers, especially like the sweeter adjuncts, still tend to smell like a craft beer, right? It has very distinct kind of nose to it that you don't get from your normal Pilsner or Lager or or other macro brewed beer. Uh, craft brewed beers all generally have the same sort of nose profile. It's, it's weird how you can pick it up out of a can or out of a glass and know that what you're drinking came from a, a smaller place. Um, this doesn't have that. It smells like I can't put my finger on it. It's like coffee and maybe like cinnamon or something. It smells fantastic. Uh, Taste-wise, though, I get almost nothing in there except maybe a little bit of the chocolate. I would say it tastes kind of like a uh, like a, like a, a lot of coffee, like that stout coffee style flavor with like a little bit of that sweeter chocolate hint to it, but graham cracker, nah, pecan, nah, graham, which is what I was really hoping would come forward. Unfortunately, I'm not getting it all. You know, maybe I'm just an uncultured swine with a, a terrible palate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's not quite... Not quite what I was I was hoping for out of this one. It's it's a very good stout. Like if you just told me, here's a stout, enjoy this beer, and I didn't know anything else about it, I'd say, oh, that's that's a really good stout. It tastes like um Man, I don't know what else I it's throwing me off because it smells so damn good, but it doesn't match the <clears throat> the flavor of it. Like ah, it's throwing me off. Uh, at face value, as a stout, this is a really, really good stout. Um, in terms of milks, milk stouts, I would go off of just a three point five, three point seven, just if it were a normal stout. Um, but I'm not getting any of the adjuncts, which is weird. So I don't know if I I penalize it or I I don't. But um, doesn't taste like pecan pie, even even a little bit. It tastes like a sweeter coffee, so like a coffee with maybe a little. Uh, a little brown sugar, maybe a little milk in it. Um, I mean, I'll give I'll give it a three seven. I'll stay with a three seven. Three per seven, perfectly right. serviceable stout. I look forward to drinking each one of these with like dinner or or something. But it's not that that sweeter adjunct I was going for. That's all. Key Great question beer, for you. Yeah, you did get uh, on Black Friday this year. You did get some Goose Island. Yeah, I did. I okay. What which one did you get? I got three of them. So did I. Which three? Got the banana foster. Yep. The backyard. Uh-huh. And then the big boy. Ooh. What what is that? Uh it is the standby. <clears throat> so, so you didn't get the OG. <clears throat> like the, the uh, regular. No, I didn't get the OG only because I know that it's going to be there when I go to get it, like somewhere. So I didn't see this is the weird thing. Um that maybe the local Wegmans here like didn't get a, a full shipment, but like those went quick. So I, I made sure I got the Banana Fosters and the OG like day one. Because I looked at the backyard and I was like, I don't really know that I want to fuck with Marion Berries and Choke Cherries and 
all those other things that you know birds eat. Because I was like, this this might be a little weird. But then I also thought it yeah. could be like a boozy chocolate cherry, and I'm like, I'm here for that. Yeah. So I was like, I, right. I gotta gotta try this. The big the big one is the uh, um the brand two year stout with Eagle Rare. Oh, this this bad boy. Yeah. Oh, uh, yep. you can't tell because the the brightness is is too bright. But uh, hold on, I turn that. I turn that pig down. That bad boy yep. right there. Yeah. Yep. So I currently have Looks like a Stanley. Yeah. Currently in my collection, I have the 150 from a couple years ago, the 5050, the old fits, uh, the EH Taylor, and this Eagle Rare version, and then a couple, uh, a couple random ones that are tossed in there. I knew that we weren't going to get the Eagle Rare here specifically at the grocery store, so maybe there's a chance that it's still hanging around on a shelf somewhere around here, so yeah, keep an eye out for a, it. But. A packy. Yeah, I was going to grab, they, uh, they had an old Fitz, another old Fitz one at the, at the place close to me um, for a while, and I was debating on picking it up just to have one to sell her for longer, um, mm -hmm. but they were still going for like 30 40 bucks a pop, so I was waiting until I could bargain them down but it looks like someone <laughs> probably bought it on black friday yep. with with whatever they came in so it's already aged a that's, year <laughs> that's right girl math right <laughs> goose island beers don't cost money on black friday not at all okay when it comes to goose island nothing counts it's true you know their app their ipas are absolute trash but their wild ale program like lolita sophie like all those beers have always been great and then they just keep hitting every year it's almost like uh, Goose Island says, listen, we're going to pump IPA out into the masses, and it's not going to be good, but we're going to use that money to keep the lights on and to keep the barrel program going. And if that's the case, I just won't drink the shitty IPA, right? I will drink Goose Island, Bourbon I've, County. I've had Every year. Every <laughs> year, Tim. Every year. Uh, I'll do it. I've had one or two that were that were pretty decent IPAs. I can't, I can't recall what the names not of possible. them were. Um, nope. But you were in the you're in the multiverse. There's there's no way. <laughs> Their fucking IPAs are trash. <laughs> I have no problem saying that with my chest, playa. With my chest. I can't remember which <laughs> I'll one say it was. It. But uh yeah, like the standard one you get everywhere that's just uh what is it, the white and gold uh the white and green label and or whatever green. it is. Yeah. That uh they just kind of shell out to everybody is is not fantastic, but um Neon Bear Hug. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. Not good at all. Not good. All right, let's let's get into some of these games here. You, I'll just bury the lead. You only got one right this week, um, and I got two right. And I could have got three if I actually just picked with the way that I wanted to pick. But I believed in you, Russ, and you fucking let me down. Interception on the goal line again, which now makes me think, well, shit, maybe that wasn't the right play call all those years ago in the Super Bowl to lose to the Patriots. <laughs> um, Lions Saints. I think for the first like ten minutes of this game, I was like, hell yeah, dude, hell yeah. Lions put 21 points on New Orleans in the first quarter. I'm like, oh, this is a lock. This is so easy. Second quarter, three points. Oh, oh okay, okay. They scored a touchdown. You just put an icing on the cake. Third quarter, three points. They score two touchdowns. And now you're like, oh, hold on, guys. Hold on. There's a game on the line here. Uh, and then they only get a touchdown. They don't get the two-point conversion. And... New Orleans puts another seven. So 33-28 for the Lions. They're nine and three. Uh, incredible. Chris Olave, 119 yards. Alvin Kamara, two touchdowns. For people in fantasy who probably like took a flyer on Kamara and was like, I'll just stash and wait till the suspension. 
first couple weeks he's back, like they like diamond hands, like, you know, maybe a reference the youths will get here. Diamond hands on that one. And he has been paying back dividends. Sam Laporta, 140 yards. I don't know what they make for tight ends at Iowa University, but like George Kittle came from there. Sam Laporta's from there. And those guys are both superstars. And Laporta in his rookie year. So if you were able to get him this year in fantasy, absolute insanity. Um, uh, but I got to be honest, I, I did not think that this was going to be a close game. Uh, you get rushing touchdowns from Montgomery, Jamison Williams. You get two passing touchdowns from Goff, no picks. Uh, you're supposed to win those games, right? But they needed everything. And for some reason, the defense just completely bowed during this game. Um, I got zero points because I started in fantasy. I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. But then I just remembered that the Saints are almost like doomed. It almost feels like they're cursed, right? They made a deal with the football gods possibly to get that Super Bowl win after Katrina. And they were like, you will never have a defense. However, no matter whom you start a quarterback, you will be in most games. And I think, I think Sean Payton, I think every single coach would be like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm, sure, let's do it. Yeah. Give me more, you know, immortality now and get a Super Bowl. And then I don't care if I lose a game 33 28, then cool. That's, that's what I'll do. Because uh, outside of DeMario Davis and Camp Jordan, there is not a good defensive setup there as the fact that teams will boat race them regularly. But you got to, you got to hand it to the, the Saints. They stuck in there and, they kept it spicy and interessante. So happy I got this pick right. If I had gotten it wrong, I'd have been a little pissed because I'm like, Lions, you can't be losing games like this. Like <laughs> you gotta you gotta stiffen up when it when it's needed, you know, need be because now the Packers kind of coming alive here a little bit. So uh very glad that, that that pick went my way. Very glad. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I when it started to get a little hairy, I'm like, oh my god, the like there were there were a couple games this weekend, one of which I'm gonna talk about here. In a little bit, that I uh, obviously didn't expect to go the way that it did, but there were a lot of competitive games that had no business being competitive, uh, and one of those we'll get to at the uh, at the tail end here. Uh, but Chiefs Packers, uh, I talked about this one last week and said, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if this one came out in favor of the Packers. And that's exactly what this one did. The Chiefs have been kind of sputtering. Um, a little bit so far this uh, tail end of the season. Um, it's had a really weird stats and whatnot floating around this team that if you're a betting person, you follow along with those, uh, are starting to formulate a pattern that you can actually bet against uh, should you be bold enough. Um, but I didn't realize this is Patrick Mahomes' first trip into Lambeau Field ever. Ever. You would think I think he I think he was injured the last time that they, yeah. they went there. Yeah, so they weren't there. But um interesting enough, the Packers, and this is one of those betting statistics, uh, have increased their winning streak in December to sixteen games, which just shits at bananas, dude. Like they just don't lose there. Yeah, especially with uh what took place, you know, injury wise, the trades, all of the turnover that's gone on there. To know that every December they still continue to pump out wins uh, is a little bit surprising. Um, but Love showed up, looked like an actual legitimate quarterback in this game. Uh, this is the fourth game this season. He's had three touchdowns, no interceptions. The guy balled out. Uh, it's I think he's tied currently with, with Brock Purdy, which is another surprising name in terms of... <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. Uh, 
he's I think Brock Purdy last I checked might even be the favorite to win the MVP, but which is uh, also bananas, but yeah. Um, but the fact that we are comparing Jordan Love and and Brock Purdy against the rest of the league, and right now we're talking about um the success that they're having at this level, it's it's bananas, but. Uh, the Chiefs are 0-4 when allowing more than 20 points this season, which is uh, another surprising little stat. Generally, they're pretty good at, at coming back. You thought there was going to be a chance for that to happen here. There was a chance for that to happen. Uh, there's some dropsies that were going on that uh, could have made this game a lot more interesting, especially in the waning moments. I'm sure everybody has seen it at this point. Um, there was also some uh, missed calls that could have helped um, clearly a passing interference in the end zone on the Hail Mary attempt. They basically tackled Travis Kelsey, who, yeah, I mean, listen, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm noticing a trend since another trend has started in the NFL over the last few weeks in which I've seen a steady decline in production to the point where Travis Kelsey only had four receptions. He did have 81 yards total, uh, but he was t- this was tied for his season low in receptions. He wasn't even targeted in the fourth quarter. Now, defense was kind of all over him, but he's the kind of guy you throw it even in contested play, and he'll make a play on the ball and help extend some drives. But I've noticed, like, you know, when I'm building out some of these DraftKings picks, uh, I'm I'm less confident putting him on the any touchdown anytime touchdown list because you're just not seeing it week in and week out. It's just not there. And this is another example of you know he he came in he had a uh, a couple plays where uh, coverage broke down and he was wide open helped extend some some long three and uh, three long drives helped help keep momentum going. But I wouldn't call him in any way a difference maker. Right, he just happened to be in spots where the defense broke down. Um, Pacheco, though, that dude was an animal. That dude could not be stopped the entire game. He had 18 rushes, 118 yards, second highest in his career. One rushing touchdown. Uh, he did get ejected on the final drive, which didn't help their uh, which didn't help their case. You would have loved to have him in to you know give them an opportunity to make that close and maybe uh, come from behind. But man. Uh, wasn't, wasn't great all around. Um, Mahomes, typical Mahomes kind of doing his thing, but it was, it was, it does not feel like the scary team of your, when you're talking about the Chiefs. I am, uh, of the mindset they are not making it deep into the playoffs. I think this is going to be something where. Uh, they're going to get bounced early unless they try to figure, unless they're able to figure something out. Mahomes only had 210 yards on the day, uh, had one touchdown, one interception. Just doesn't feel, I mean, doesn't feel like a typical Chiefs team that you would expect week in and week out to just come in and dominate whoever they're up against. Um, the Packers, I don't think anyone was scared of coming into the midpoint of the season. Uh, and you would have thought this matchup favored the Chiefs, and it just—I mean, it, it was a disaster. <laughs> I don't even—I don't even know. Uh, I mean, net passing yards—they were almost fifty behind Green Bay, who we were—you know—a lot of people were talking in the beginning of the season, tail end last season. What is Love actually going to do? Is he going to be their 
uh, future. Is he the right guy for the spot? And he just came out and looked like a, a superstar against uh, arguably a Super Bowl favorite. So I'm going to have a hard time leaning in favor of the Chiefs. And I, I'm, I'm talking like they're, you know, a sub-500 team. They're 8-4. and four. They're still in prime position to figure their shit out. But until we understand what's going on with Kelsey, why he's not as productive or why he's not even involved in a lot of the game plan, I don't know, man. I don't know. It did not look good. And I know the score was close-ish. Uh, but watching the game, it just didn't even look like it was that good of a matchup. They looked like they were getting outplayed in every facet of the game. It was it's kind of it odd to watch. Yeah. It it was crazy. You, I think one thing we can say from the games this weekend is that <clears throat> we're not going to get fined by saying this. The refs were <laughs> atrocious. Refs were atrocious. Started on Thursday night, uh, you know, Seattle, Dallas, when it was a flag fest. Unbelievable. It was like everything is getting called for a flag. The Shinneman, things that needed to be called for flags were called for flags. And you're just like, what are we doing here? And it just kept going on throughout the weekend. And there was just so many, like, of these, I don't even think they were ticky-tacky. They were obvious. It's pretty bad when you have, like, and you could have picked a sports network. Could have been Worldwide Leader. Could have been... Fox, could have been CBS, could have been NBC, even Amazon, right? On the Thursday night game, I, there was uh, an article and it quoted Kirk Herbstreet and uh, Al Michaels by saying, well, let's just go ahead and hand the game over to Cleet Blakeman because he's going to call this, the rest of this game for <laughs> Like, it was bad, dude. Yeah. Um, and you, you, you feel kind of terrible about it, but you do have to get to a point where you make the plays. Even on that last desperation like Hail Mary, I'm just sort of like... <sighs> This doesn't feel right. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think that uh, there's a good chance that the Chiefs get bounced in the divisional round. As, yep. uh, I mean, they're they're no longer the number one seed, and I, I think there's a lot of teams who could really kind of make some ground up here. So, speaking of teams in the AFC, Broncos, Jags, uh, sorry, Broncos, Texans, uh, and I was like, oh, <laughs> the veteran will win out. Nope. Ran out of magic. Yep. Absolutely ran out of magic. Russ, three picks. Three picks, Russ. In a game that they still probably could have won at the end, but he threw a pick in the end zone to end the game. Um, Tank Dell, broken fibula, gone, right? He's been huge for this team this year. Uh, welcome back, Damian Pierce for the Texans, right? Only 41 yards and a touchdown, but that's helpful. Nico Collins. If by some stretch of the imagination, you can make a play for Nico Collins, in PPR, you need to offer Christian McCaffrey. Nine receptions, 191 yards, a touchdown. Like, the guy has, like, he's going to end the year. It's probably the WR1. Like, he just gets targeted so much. Like, there's nothing, like, that the Houston Texans can do except, like, pure passing. Because the, the run game has been nascent the entire season. And it's, it's kind of insane to see the Texans struggle and still sling it. Because that usually bites teams. But for whatever reason, D'Amico Ryans is like, no, no, no. Go back out there. Do the thing. You throw a pick, no big deal. Go back out there, throw a touchdown. Now, Stroud was clean in this game. Um, Russ, dude, what are you doing? 26 attempts, you complete 15 of 186 yards, one touchdown, three picks, dude. Three picks. Now, he had a rushing touchdown, but it's just like, now I'm back on the ho oh, ho. Yes, Seattle won this trade because like <laughs> it's very clear what Russell's ceiling is, and I I get that you know Seattle fans may be like 
wishy-washy because of what we've seen with, with Gino lately, but like, this is what you're going to get out of him now. Yeah. Um, Cortland Sutton targeted seven times, okay? Two receptions. Now, one of those receptions was for 45 yards and a TD. So, yeah, you'll take that, right? But there's so much hit or miss that's going on with the, with the Broncos offense, and they were getting turnovers in bunches. And I think I saw a line, I don't know if it was USATA today or another sports outlet, but they were like, well, you, you better get the turnovers when you can because they can, they, they can go cold at any time. And that's exactly what happened here. No fumbles from the, the Texans whatsoever. They played a very smart, very, I, I, wanna, I don't want to say chess-like game, but they did. They said, we're going to run the ball. We're going to keep peppering the single guys. We're going to keep the chains moving. I'm not saying it was the 13-3 Super Bowl between Rams and the Patriots, but I mean, for a while there, it was slugging. And I respect that the, uh, the Texans did that, that they were kind of sitting on the outside. However, now that some other teams in the division are catching on and then some have lost, I think that they, they really could make a, a push here for the playoffs. So, Russ, what the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> Just, I'm, I'm upset about that. Still upset about CJ, that. I could have yeah. been three. I could have been three and oh. Shroud had uh, one passing attempt more than Russ. Uh, he finished 16 of 27 to Russ's 15 of 26. But almost 200 yards. yards, though. Yeah, yeah, almost 100 yards more. Uh, so that's it, never going to end in your favor. Uh, nope. <clears throat> all right. Um, Jaguars and uh, Bengals was a uh, heartbreaker for me uh, and a crazy surprise because I think like the Vegas lines. Uh, had Jaguars as the favorite by uh, nine and a half, ten points. Uh, so everybody went into this like super confident. Okay, the banged up Bengals. They're gonna they're they're without Burrows. What are they possibly gonna do threat wise? They're just just too much going on. Uh, well, <laughs> that's uh, that's not at all what happened. Jake Browning came out, hold my beer, and looked like a legitimate. Right. Legitimate quarterback. This this was a slugfest uh, across the board. Uh, I mean, they finished uh, 34-31 in overtime. Um, it literally was one of the better games I've seen in the last few weeks in terms of the, the back and forth. But uh, Jake Browning, I'm sure, just got picked up by almost everybody who's about to make a playoff push. Because the man went 32 of 37 for 354 yards against a Jaguars team that has been playing some really, really good football defensively and has won them some games when Lawrence has kind of stumbled a little bit. Um, and to come out and put up that, mu- that many points as, uh, you know, pretty much nobody. I mean, shame on me. I, I probably should know this guy's background. I don't know anything about the guy. Uh he only threw one touchdown. Oh, I know plenty. No plenty. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> he, he threw uh, only one touchdown, but it's all he needed. That man was divvying the ball up everywhere. He had six or seven guys in double digits. Uh, Jamar Chase, obviously, you know, fuck around and find him down there somewhere. 149 yep. yards on 11 receptions and the one TD for the day. Um, Joe Mixon on both sides, both catching and rushing, was tearing everybody up. Uh, it was just a very, very entertaining game to watch. Uh, I wasn't expecting it to be 
this close, and I definitely wasn't expecting the Bengals to come out and, and pull this one out. Um, the Jags were making an interesting down the stretch, and then you saw that uh, rough injury to Trevor Lawrence uh, towards the tail end of the game um, that going into the commercial break, everybody thought was going to be concussion-related because as he went down, he literally got kneed in the face on the way out and then ultimately ended up uh, uh, being some form of ankle-slash-leg injury. Uh, I haven't looked at the injury report yet to see if they've announced officially what it was. High ankle sprain. High ankle sprain, yeah. So hopefully he's not out uh, if they make a playoff push, but I'm sure he'll, he'll definitely miss uh, maybe a game or two. Um, but CJ uh, Bethard, Bethard, Bathard, Bathard, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, former uh, 49ers backup quarterback. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, as soon as he came in, fumbled the ball, and you're like, "Oh my god, okay, this is how this is gonna go." And then he kind of reeled it in, went nine for ten, uh, gave him an opportunity to come out with a win. Ultimately, ended up coming up a little bit short, um, but. Uh, I don't know if he's quite the guy that's going to step in and, and fill in like Browning is. Uh, but for me, it was one of the better games of the entire uh, the entire weekend as a as a surprise. <coughs> but uh, it makes it more difficult when you look at this team at the Bengals team going forward if you're going to attempt to try to pick against them. Because uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, it's it's a small sample size, right? I don't know what you're going to get out of this guy week in and week out. I did like the comparison I saw, though, uh, that was posted by uh, Matthew Barry that showed Deshaun Watson sitting up in, like, the owner's booth, yeah. sunglasses on, watch the game, and said yep. uh, when Deshaun Watson is injured, and it was a side-by-side -side with Joe Burrow, who was in the sling, on the sideline, with the tablet out and the headphones on, helping navigate and help his quarterback go out and, and succeed. So that kind of leadership, obviously you don't get it everywhere. Um, this isn't necessarily shitting on Deshaun Watson. Lots of players when they're injured sit up in the booth. But to see your starting quarterback out there trying to help your team win by any means possible, that's if you capped him a little bit. Yeah. I, <clears throat> quick 90 seconds about Jake Browning. Uh, mm -hmm. UW quarterback, okay? Yeah. When yeah. they when UW went to the college football playoffs uh, a few years ago, and uh -huh. I mean a few, like I think it was like 2016 or 2018, uh -huh. uh, they drew Alabama in the first round. And I was like, oh, they can hang with Alabama. And everyone's like, you're high. It's never going to happen. Then Washington scored the first seven points, and I was like, holy shit, they're going to do it. And then they lost. Like Alabama hung 35 on them. That was also the year Alabama won the national championship. So like, <laughs> I'm okay with it. Yeah. UW is again back in the college football playoffs. Very happy about that. Um. There was an article, a great article by The Athletic that talked about Jake Browning and how this is his moment. He's been on uh, the Vikings practice squad and the Bengals practice squad. He's been cut, waved a whole bunch of times. And he was like, I got, I got what it takes. And I'm going to show, show everyone. And the, the first game came out and he had, like a touch, he had like a touchdown, but he also had a pick. It wasn't that great. And in this game, you're just like, oh, oh, oh yes, baby. Let's go. It's a great storyline. So I'm very excited for it. Um, in most of my leagues, I have like premier quarterbacks, anyways, because I, I I tend to draft them earlier in the in the league, so I I won't be picking them up, but you definitely should because they're gonna have no choice. They're gonna have to sling it because they're behind the eight ball now, and if they want to make the AFC playoffs, they really got to do some work. So yeah, this is um, the uh, this is the Bengals' first win uh, since nineteen ninety on Monday Night Football. On Monday Night Football, which yeah. is that's insane, dude. Insane. That's and insane. 
And 34 it's 32 years, 33 years. Mm -hmm. And 34 points is the most they've put up all season. So I think that speaks a little bit more maybe to the overall health of Joe Burrows than it does maybe the quality of Brown. I mean, I could be wrong. Browning might be the next Brock Purdy, and you know we're going to see some magic uh, love going it. into the season. We'd absolutely love it. Um, crazy. Yeah, but uh it, it does seem like this team is kind of piecing it together even with the uh i mean I, i'd be curious to see what they would look like against the defense like let's say the Patriots. they're going to win the game against the patriots but the patriots defense is a little bit more stout and resilient or maybe like the cowboys to see how that matchup would go jaguars are a great team but a lot of their success came early on with offensive output uh, a mobile quarterback being able to go out and kind of extend some of these games and give your team a chance to win. Um, their, de their, their defense has been decent, but by no means like what's holding this team together. It's going to have to be, True. I think, for the next couple of weeks. Uh, yep. But to see them go up against like a tried and tested defense, the Patriots is probably a bad example. You'd probably get a good sample size for the first half, but then the defense is going to be on the, the field for the entire game, and they'll be gassed by the second half. So <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's definitely... <laughs> Definitely a possibility. Definitely yeah. a possibility. I've, I've been looking for it. I'll probably, you know, it's not it's not Bengals Patriots this week, is it? No, it's it's um, Patriots Giants this yeah. week. I've, I think I've given up, Karen. No, not no. It's not <laughs> Patriots Giants. Patriots because they they moved it out. Pa uh, Patriots no, somewhere Patriots because Chiefs, I think. Okay, right, because they flexed that out uh, of Monday, Monday Night Football yeah. for Philadelphia Seattle. So yeah. that'll be crazy. Uh, all right, Rams Browns. Pukunakua, can he be stopped, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, I I am not sure at this point. Like, just two receptions. Sorry, two rushes, thirty-four yards on the ground, longest of thirty-one. Four receptions, hundred and five yards, longest of seventy plus the touchdown. I get that Cooper Cup is next level, but when you have a second or a third receiver that can absolutely just separate and decimate all. It's very reminiscent of what the Patriots had um, with Edelman in the slot because you had to you had to dedicate you know some sort of coverage to either Gronk or one of the other the WR one uh, and Edelman just always got busy like that's that's the role that Puka is kind of carving out for himself him doing rushing yards when they when Kyron Williams is back and they're rushing anyways it's reminiscent of like sort of the offense that I think that all of those quarterbacks uh, really want anyways. Um, which is, hey, I need to be able to pick it and throw it wherever I want. And if I have two guys that can rush the ball and they're both going in motion, you have no idea what we're going to do. And we'll just take our chances where we can. Like death by a thousand cuts. Flacco for the Browns. Welcome back. Two TDs and a pick. <laughs> Not bad. Not no. bad. Uh, you know, for the Browns to score almost 20 points is good. However, <laughs> when the Rams put... 16 on you in the fourth quarter. They effectively shut the door and they say, we're not going to be gentlemen about this. We're just going to keep going. And I don't mind that. Um, I think sometimes, you know, teams will definitely, I don't want to say they go easy, but I think teams will definitely be like, oh, we're up. Let's just keep kicking field goals. This is what happened in the fourth quarter. Flacco, eight-yard touchdown. Stafford, three-yard touchdown to, to uh Cooper, Kyron Williams, one-yard touchdown. Joe Flacco sacked for a safety. You can't hate the sort of offensive output that you got going on 
especially if you just keep it going. And that's one thing I think that the league these days really needs to allow a lot more of. I don't know if it's a gentleman's rule. I think that's what it is. And it doesn't really have a place. Like if you are beating a team, hang 40 on them, hang 40 on them. I don't care. I know that it infuriates teams and they're not a big fan of being embarrassed on a national stage. But at the same time, like you play to win the game. And if it's very clear you're not going to win the game, it's almost worse if the other team is like, oh, we're just going to keep kicking field goals or, oh, we'll let you kind of limp out of this one and we won't put on 50 on you. I think we need to get back to that, Tim. I, I think we need to get to a point where teams know when they walk on the gridiron that a team could hang 50 on them and embarrass them. I mean, it's not necessarily like the college football playoffs where uh, folks might not make it because of strength of schedule or strength of win or whatever, but like people really need to know that like, Hey, this is the NFL, man. And sometimes you might have some super, super, super lopsided games. So I, I'm not really sure what the Browns can do here. Nothing really going on on the uh, the rushing front. Kareem Hunt, 48 yards. Jerome Ford, 20 yards. Pierre Strong Jr., 20 yards. Like nothing getting going. Uh, Elijah Moore, 12 targets, four receptions. Harrison Bryant, five targets, four receptions, 49 yards plus the TD. And then Jerome Ford out of the backfield. Uh, three targets, three receptions, 33 yards, 11 yards on a, a reception. Like, I don't know, maybe keep like feeding those guys like to build rapport because it's, it's very clear that you're going to have to have Flacco keep going uh, for a little bit of time. So I, I don't necessarily hate what the Browns are doing. I think they're going to win some games. I think they'll be competitive. But I, I, I do kind of have to take a look as an NFC West fan and, and just realize that like there is a good chance that like the Rams are going to win a couple more games, hold a tiebreaker over the Seahawks and like make it into the playoffs. So I'm not remotely happy about that because Seattle needs to, to win some of these tough games. And I hope that uh, the Rams kind of slip a little bit because right now they do own the tiebreaker over them being six and six. So uh, we will see what happens. Tim, why don't you recap the final game you had this week? Which you got right. Although I'm very curious, like if you could go back and like you could trade an L for a dub, did you want the Patriots to win this game? Especially uh, as it went on. No, 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 no. This no? is just the fucking dumpster fire <laughs> completely. But it it's exactly what I mean by their defense being, you know, the the reason that they're even relevant in any capacity. Uh I mean Justin Herbert, no joke. But came out and they held. This is this is what I'm not even I'm not even going to spend a ton of time on the game just because there's there's nothing really to to dive into other than the fact that the defense was stellar in this game. You held uh, in shitty weather. You held the Chargers, which kind of have a uh, outside of Austin Eckler uh, a little bit of a dodgy uh, run game um, when he's not going. There's really no rushing to to speak of. Uh, so you, you held this team to, to six points total. They came in the second quarter. Otherwise, there was nothing interesting about this game whatsoever. Uh, for anybody who's been calling for Zappy to go in, uh, you got what you asked for, and it didn't go well either. 13 of 25, 141 yards, uh, got sacked five times. Uh, Finished with a rating of 
I mean, Herbert only finished with a 27 and a half, so it's not like there was that drastic of a difference. Um, but I think, you know, someone sent the meme around, which is uh, surprisingly accurate, but it's Scooby-Doo, and you have Zappy, and when they peel the mask off, it's just Mac Jones, uh, which is exactly what you get. <laughs> they're the same They're the same people. Uh, they have the similar style. I think uh, Zappy's arm might be a little bit better. Um, I mean, I don't think Mac Jones's arm was really the problem. I think it was decision-making and the fact that he was second-guessing even mid-throw and was almost like pulling his punches a little bit, which made the ball come out slower or at bad angles or whatever the case may be. I don't necessarily – I mean, he was an NFL-caliber quarterback, meaning he got drafted and made it to the NFL. All of those guys can throw a ball well. I think he was just too gun-shy and was too hesitant about his throws and just never fully committed to throwing the football, which is why we saw some of the things that we did see. Uh, I, do I think he's bent for the rest of the season? I mean, maybe you don't want to risk getting him hurt because you're trying to trying to trade him, but I don't think it's going to make a difference who you have back there. I don't think Zappy's the guy. Mac Jones clearly has had his opportunity, and he's not the guy. Um, the Chargers are kind of an interesting team, though, in terms of uh, where they're at productive-wise. Or, uh, I mean, I expected more out of the Chargers team out of the last few years than them sitting with a, what are they, six and five, a five and seven record right now. And one of those wins came off of, you know, the easiest team you could probably ever go up against. And you only managed six points. Uh, I, I get it was bad weather, but the, it it's just such an underwhelming team. And it seems to be underwhelming week in and week out. Uh, they lost to the Titans. They lost, I mean, some of these are legit losses. Every time they've gone up against like a legitimate contender, they've shit the bed. They've beaten some bad teams. They've beaten the yep. Vikings, the Raiders. They beat the Bears, the Jets, and the New England Patriots. They've lost to everybody who's capable of putting up good games. The Dolphins, uh, the Titans in week two, they lost in overtime. Cowboys, Chiefs, the Lions, the Packers, and the Ravens basically murderer's role right now of the nfl um every game they went up against they lost uh they were close in week one against the dolphins 34 36 otherwise uh i mean i, I don't know like a, a lot of these games they were a field goal away from from tying um but it seems like the, as the season goes on uh so does their overall productivity and i think this week it kind of I don't want to say peaked or bottomed out or whatever. Uh, this should have been an opportunity to be a get-right game. It should have been an opportunity to come out, put up a lot of big numbers, maybe work on some things you might roll out into to some other games. This was uh, almost more embarrassing than the Patriots losing because you put up six points against a team that has no offense whatsoever. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> well, let's get into, uh, since we're all tied up at 20 apiece, which, yeah. I mean, I got to be honest, you know, like golf is rolling back distance on the on the golf balls. Uh, us only picking three games just really kind of roll back things and kind of put it right into everything's in play now. So I'm not completely out like I thought I was. I was out. Now I'm back. Then I was down. Now I'm back again. So 
I was out. Uh, start. Now I'm back part That's of the true. conversation again. That's true. That's right. Um, the fans will love it. Uh, <laughs> start us off week 14. Who are you picking? Uh, let me see. Let me see. I'm taking a look at who you've, who you've got here. Why don't you do uh, week one while I'm, while I'm looking at the schedule here? Uh, Colts Bengals, right? You talked a little bit about Jake Browning earlier. Um, the Colts, surprisingly, yeah, lose a running back, lose a quarterback. The running back comes back. Uh, new coach. Somehow they keep finding ways to win. Now, uh, <laughs> Mania is a thing. It's back. It was in Jacksonville. It will run out of steam at some point. I don't know that this is the week, but I think that this Colts Bengals is like a don't start the, the fantasy defenses of either team because this is going to be another 34 31 kind of game. And I love it. I absolutely love it. I want to see another heated uh, conference battle AFC North, AFC South. Let's go. Uh, the North will win because, you know, South sucks. But uh, I, I think the Bengals could pull this off here. Um, I'm hoping that I'm not wrong in this pick. Um, we all thought Jamar Chase was left for dead pretty much when Joe Burrow left. But between him, Joe Mixon, uh, Jake Browning, and then a whole cast of other characters that were never getting anything more than like one or two looks a game that are now getting one or two looks a drive, uh, the Bengals moved up and down the field last night at will. Um, some plays sputtered out, and I think that's going to come to them as they get more familiar with Browning in the offense. Um, Minshew can't keep slinging it forever. Eventually, their luck has to run out. I don't know that this is the week, but I do think that the Bengals will go ahead and pull a stunner. Like Birdman. All right. Um, because Mama ain't raised no bitch, I'm going to start. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start this off with. Cowboys Eagles, because why not? Oh, why not? Why not? Uh, and I'm going to go Cowboys in this game. Uh, they were very close to winning last time, so I don't think this is a terrible pick. By the way, I almost did this. No, 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 no. It's and it's not for uh, a couple reasons. While uh, points scored per game, these guys are almost even. Points allowed per game, uh, Dallas has been much, much better than the Eagles. The Eagles have just been able to outshoot their opponents uh but they're 24th in the league in terms of points allowed per game dallas is fourth in the league so their defense has been a little bit more stout in terms of stopping a lot of the performance of the the teams they've gone up against uh and a lot of that has to do with their uh pass defense which has been the eagles bread and butter uh for a lot of the season um rushing has kind of kept them afloat for the last, like, not not afloat. They've been winning games, you know, easily. But rushing has been sort of their staple as of late, and they're eighth in the league now uh, in terms of rushing yards per game, and they're 11th in, in passing. So um, it'll be an interesting game uh, in terms of how, you know, obviously pass protection is not, our, our, our pass defense isn't going to be a problem for Dallas. I think they're going to have to come out and figure out a way to, um, slow down the run game a little bit, and if they can find a way to to stymie that, I think their pass defense is enough to keep them not only in the game, but I think it's going to be a little bit of maybe uh, a, an idea of what we're going to see out of these two teams as they go deeper into the playoffs, right? Like, this is the caliber of matchup. You would expect one of these teams to maybe end up in the Super Bowl, if not to, you know, take the whole thing. Um, but because I've been saying this whole time, I think Dallas is a contender. I can't uh, 
I can't rest on my laurels now. I gotta, I gotta lean into it, and I'm gonna lean into it with with this first game. I think it's gonna be a relatively close game, um, but I do think Dallas is gonna come out on top, probably, probably close to what we think, like six and a half, maybe, maybe nine and a half max. Uh, interesting. Yeah, good game though. Very interesting. Uh, okay, second game, packs Giants. Yeah, this is a layup pick because I need to start stacking the deck, okay? <laughs> For a lot of good reasons that you talked earlier, the Giants, Tommy Cutlets, okay? He's doing a lot of great things, um, but they're the Giants, right? I don't need to say too much about it. The Packers, when they need to, game, to get a run game going, they can. When they need to get the passing game going, they do. The defense is not holding them up most weeks, but it keeps them alive. And there is, dude, there has been so much talk about Jordan Love, in the beginning part of the season, they were losing. Oh, my God, why did he sit so long? And now, just saw something from Shefty like last week, like basically his first season and Aaron Rodgers' first season are similar. Different coaches, different times, different league. So I don't think it's, I mean, I'm not saying it's clickbaity, but I'm just saying like you can't really judge the two simultaneously because the only thing that's the same about them is they both played in Lambeau. I will say that Love took his early season lumps and is now performing at the level that we expect out of someone from Titletown. And I think we can appreciate that. Um, I, I just, this is the numbers, bro. I need to stop the count. <laughs> okay. So it, I need, I need the point, which is why I'm going Packers. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> I'm going to go Niners Seahawks. Just kind of keep it interesting because this is not another, this is Damn another it. layup. This is, uh, this is one where the Seahawks could, could make things interesting. I don't think so, though. I think right now this is the the Purdy and the Niners show until otherwise notified. Um, I know a lot of folks talking about Purdy in the MVP conversation are being a little short-sighted when they compare him to Tyreek Hill. What Tyreek Hill is doing is amazing, and I have money on him yep. to be the be the MVP of the of the year when this is all said and done. But they're like, oh well, he's got three All Pro players and he's just throwing slants everywhere okay he's still managing the ball well he's securing the ball he's making good decisions regardless of who it is that he's throwing to is McCaffrey a big staple in terms of why this team is able to do what they're able to do of course but that would be saying the same thing for Tua with Hill and Waddle and I mean but it's it looks and feels a lot different because you weren't expecting this out of Purdy. You thought this team was washed, uh, but it's, I mean, there are a couple wins away, in my mind, from swaying my opinion maybe away from the Cowboys a little bit. Like I, The Chiefs are no longer a Super Bowl threat, in my mind, unless they turn things around coming into the tail end of the season. But... uh what Purdy has done with this offense, uh, they're uh, seventh in the league for passing yards per game. They're fifth in the league for rushing yards per game. And they're third in the league for points scored per game. Their defense has been equally impressive. They're third in points allowed per game, too. So not only are they coming out and scoring points in bunches, they're stopping teams from also uh, scoring points. They're holding their opponents to like 15.8 on average per game which is, in the NFL, incredibly impressive. Uh, their defense, passing yards per game, they're ranked uh, 14th, and their rushing per game is first in the league. So 
this is just such a well-rounded team. And to have a guy come in, uh, fill in for a game manager who was putting you in position for success in Garoppolo, but was not living up to what his expectations were. To come in with no expectations, do what he did last year, and then continue it on this year. I mean, are we looking at maybe an injury away from this whole thing changing? Maybe, but like I, I, I don't, I don't see it. He's been able to utilize weapons across the board. When McCaffrey's not available, he finds Ayuk. When Ayuk's not available, he finds Samuel. And then, which by the way, Debo Samuel is still the coolest name ever, right? Like it I, is, <laughs> and he talked so much shit last oh. year. About how if we had had a quarterback, we'd be in the fucking Super Bowl. And we're like, you're high. There's no way. And then like the way that they just yeah. stamped. They stamped yeah. the Eagles. Like the way that the game kept going on, you were just like, throw in the towel. Yeah. Throw in the towel, Sirianni. Throw in the fucking towel. Because yeah. you know Eagles fans were ruthless to the, the Niners fans all week. Oh, yeah. And I, NFC West guy, right? Don't love the Niners. But like Eagles fans can be a little much. Yeah. And there's I'm a- sure. I think it's sure BR. They did not feel that way. Bleacher with about five bet. minutes to go in this game. Yeah, I think it was Bleacher Report betting or or some of the other one of the other sites. But uh, they're passing on videos of like who the trashiest fans are in the league. <laughs> and the clip they showed was the Eagles fans in the upper deck just pelting all the Niners fans down below with like snowballs and shit during the game and, and garbage. So, uh, yeah, probably some of the trashiest fans in in all of sports. I mean, we, we the. There are plenty of teams that have terrible fans, but collectively, if you look back at videos available online, most of the, uh, I'm not talking about like fights in the stands, that happens almost everywhere in, in every single sport. But if we're talking just specifically, collectively, how fans treat other people, and not even, because you can go back and see, weren't they the same team that was pelting uh, Santa, Santa Claus? Claus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just... Yeah. Yeah, just scumbag behavior, and it seems to be week, uh, year in and in, in year out. But anyway, uh, I digress. Oh, man. The last game I will pick for this week, uh, Chiefs-Bills. The, look, I'm making this public declaration, right? So if Patrick Mahomes has a 40-point fantasy game, then it's on me. I have sat Dak Prescott for the last four or five weeks for Mahomes. Stunningly. I like He has, he has been, like at least, at least in one league, right? Because um, I never want the same team if I have guys uh, from in, in different leagues from the same team. I never want to sit them or start them across all leagues. I always want like the, the sort of best opportunity to, to score some random amount of points. And Dak has been sitting on in this one league that I'm pretty much like, I may make the winner's uh, bracket, but like at best, I think I can fight for fourth. So like I made a lot of terrible decisions over the last five weeks, and every single one of them, was I'm starting Mahomes over Dak because it's Mahomes. It's Mahomes. I got to do it. You talked earlier about how like Kelsey wasn't even looked at in this game, even mm. even in the fourth quarter. Like I've said previously in the podcast that like there there's something missing with this team this year. They're a step behind. They don't look the same. Uh, I am not playing Patrick Mahomes until I see back to back forty bangers. And at this point, like we're almost in the playoffs. So, like I don't think that I can I can risk it anymore. Um, because like I need to make up serious, serious, serious ground. And when Dak's throwing non PPR, thirty four to thirty eight points a week, it is dude like after the second week, I'm like, there's no way. There's no fucking way he's gonna do it again. He did it again. I'm like, Oh, he can't keep doing it. And I'm like, I 
I have a feeling that there may be a slip coming, but I don't think it's this week because the, the Cowboys have to throw their way out of every game. The Chiefs can zag a little bit, right? If Rasheed Rice or Justin Watson or, um, God, I can't remember, uh, or MVS, right? If they, if they can't catch a pass, cool, we'll just go on the ground game. We'll win a, a game 21 to 19. Or they'll lose a game um, where it comes down to the fourth quarter and like Mahomes, you know he can uncork those those bombs. So like you're not ever really sure that you're out of the woods, but at the same time, you're just sort of like, when are the Chiefs going to get it together, dude? Like it's it's too hard to ignore now that like they're in a lull, but they need to put the Bills away. The Bills are like teetering. You know, this was a team that was supposed to be difficult, supposed to be frisky, supposed to be a contender in the AFC, and they've completely fallen flat. Like, Chiefs, put them out of their misery. Show us that you you have a semblance of of a game. You know, like it's it's not helping you at this point. Like, you have a run game going. The defense is okay, and you got Patrick fucking Mahomes. Like, you should not be losing games. I'm in a fantasy league where you can choose a head coach. Um from like one of the, the 32, and if they win, you get an extra 10 points. But if they lose, you get zero, right? And I, I have got zero <laughs> out of the Kansas City head coach like four times a season. And I'm, yeah. just, I'm like, I can't, I can't bet against him. But at the same time, I'm just like, why does this keep happening? But like the Bills, I, the Bills are going to come out firing in this game because there's so much trash that's being talked about them right now. Feels like this is their statement game. Like their, their season is on the line necessarily. And I think the franchise too a little bit. Like, if you're just going to keep being the perennial second or third uh, brother in line here in the AFC, like, shit's going to change. I'm not saying that the coach can be fired. I'm not saying they're going to move on from Josh Allen because, like, no reason to do that. But I do see significant changes coming to O coordinator and D coordinator if they can't get it together. And I feel like this is a game where Kansas City cannot afford to lose, mm-hmm. not just for playoff seating, not just for postseason uh, hopes and dreams, but because, like, if they start sliding, all the mystique around Mahomes and his $500 million contract, that's all we're going to hear. That's all we're going to hear. And I know that they don't want to hear that. I think I got to give them the nod because they're a two-time Super Bowl champ and the Bills have not made it there because they've continued to lose to this particular team. I think it continues here. But, I mean, it's, it's tough, dude. Like I expected the Chiefs to be so much better this year, and we're just... I mean, I, th- I think you kind of expect that. <sighs> year in and in year out but i mean i'm on record by the way saying it on this podcast a couple times yes, that eventually know. they're gonna figure shit out and they're gonna have some turnovers some guys are gonna age out not that kelsey's old but he's starting to like you know his his, his apple cart has has started to crest the top of that hill in which it's gonna start gaining downward momentum uh incredibly quick because uh if i'm not mistaken i'm pretty sure he's the same age or pretty close to gronkowski who is already retired retired yeah as we know and we saw once once things start to uh slide a little bit uh and and by no means am i saying he's washed up or he's no longer able to play that's not what i'm trying to say i'm just saying at some point over the next few years you're gonna start to see that this is becoming more of a norm he's 34 years old right now uh <clears throat> and his receptions per game have slowly declined his production with some of those receptions has been uh 
pretty meaningful game in and game out. I know uh, against the Raiders, um, the game before last, he was six receptions, had 91 yards. That's impressive. Four yards for 81 against the Packers. But against the Eagles, he had seven receptions and was held to 44 yards. Did have a TD, so he came up when it really mattered. But he's only got five touchdowns on the year so far. Um, so it's not that he's the problem. I know a lot of times he's playing, uh, he's deployed as the decoy because he generally tends to draw double coverage. Uh, he's also um, been utilized a lot as a pass blocking uh, or pass rush blocker. Uh, so it's, it may also be just kind of the style that Kansas City is trying to play right now. But whatever it is, he hasn't been the biggest factor in terms of like turnaround on these games. And I think that's going to be something we kind of continue to see. And I mean, as he gets a little older, not every player can play into their 40s, especially if you're getting banged up as a receiver all the time. So, I mean, you know, the 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 pink elephant in the room, right, is this new budding relationship that if it becomes serious, money is no longer uh, a I part mean, money's of the not, equation. Money's not really a thing right now. Have you seen, quick segue, have you seen Kelsey on uh, Amazon Prime? I haven't seen Kelsey on Amazon Prime, and there's, I think, a Hulu series that's about yes. him and Taylor Swift also. Correct. I have not watched that one, but, I, but Chelsea uh-huh. and I watched the, the Kelsey, uh, and it happened through last season. Is so, it like, Kelsey that was Brothers? fucking weird, dude. Yeah, dude, it okay. was really, 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 really good um, because, like, Kelsey makes no bones about it. Like, yeah, this is going to be my last season. And then, mm. like, they make the Super Bowl and they fucking lose. And, like, you know that going into it. You're like, ah! But, like, Kelsey's wife is so, so cool. Their kids are hilarious. And he's just a fucking dude just grinding every day to make it to the game. And then Travis makes some appearances, and you're just like, dude, I might not like the Eagles, but I fucking love Jason Kelsey. He is so incredible. And you're like, yeah. oh, after you lose in the Super Bowl, you got to come back this year. And they're struggling now, but they were killing it for the beginning part of the season. So, like, I want, I want Kelsey season two, not fucking Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift on Hulu and people well, flying they, around. I think Ooh. they still have the podcast together, though. They do. New Heights, yep. yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're all over the place. So he's diversifying his portfolio, and he's going to get the fuck out of football sooner rather than later, At especially yep. if, the, if the Chiefs come up short this season. I mean, they're, they're fresh off a of Super Bowl, so let's not talk like they're, uh, you know, not. But they're the fresh off a of Super Bowl. They've had some success. But you wonder if it becomes, let me hang it up while my feet are still underneath me, or do I go out, you know, like a bumbling idiot? Uh, that's always going to be part of the conversation. But True, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Are you I, picking this game as well? Or you, no, you, do you have a no, third no, game? No, that was okay. just <laughs> my input. Um, the last one I'm going to pick, uh, it's going to sound like a gimme, but I'm going with uh, Texans-Jets, and I'm picking the Texans. But... I think this is more going to be a test because the Jets' defense, while not having not been stellar, uh, has been better than you would expect. They're third in the league in their rush defense. They are 28th in the league. Uh, sorry, they're third in the league in uh, pass defense. They're 28th in the league in rush defense. But uh, we're talking about a team who's been able to sling the ball that is now without one of their premier receivers and tank Dell, uh, which I picked a crazy at a, a bonus bet, not a crazy, like 15 leg anytime touchdown. And I hit a bunch of them, but because tank Dell was one of them and he went down and I never had the option to, 
to cash out or, or do anything. Sheesh. So uh, I got some big feelings right now. Uh, but no, I think I think the the Jets defense <laughs> is the only thing keeping this team uh, relevant in the same way that the the Patriots are only relevant because of their defense. They've been able to uh, kind of hold opponents to uh, twenty nine uh, twenty point nine points per game while having no real offensive output. Um, they're four and eight, so they're not obviously not a, not a great team. But I think in my mind, this is going to be a good test for the Texans to see what they may look like without Tank Dell on the field. And if you're going up against a team that is able to shut your uh, receivers down and one of your star receivers out, I think this makes for a closer matchup than what we would have expected uh, if Tank Dell was still on the field. So I still think. I think the Texans are still going to come out on top, but I think it's going to be a closer game than what we think it is. And if for some god awful reason they march, uh, he who will not be named, uh, oh no, sorry, never mind. Uh, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I was thinking Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, no. If they march Aaron Rodgers out on the field, uh, they better not. There's zero chance. I, I'm I'm still in the camp that says there's no way he tore his Achilles. I don't care what pseudoscience you believe in. There's no way you I tore your Achilles it. and you're back. Yeah, I mean, there's something that split, right? Because when when I I hate to say this, but like I've seen Achilles tear on TV now, like yeah. multiple times. Yeah, and like it's a clear pop, and you see like something come up, shoot from like their their ankle, their heel, all the way up to their calf. So like, but I don't know. I don't think we ever. Do. I don't think we ever saw that. We saw we saw him go down, and and we saw. Wait a minute. I've I figured this out. Remember, he was. He was immunized, right? Uh, he yeah. didn't take the COVID vaccines. And he's making this miraculous recovery. So it's not human growth hormone or testosterone replacement therapy. It's uh, holistic health. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, drug I don't test know. that man. <laughs> Come on, NFL. Drug test that man. I don't know, I don't know what, what he's doing or what's going on there, but I, I'm not buying in any capacity that it was a, a full-on Achilles tear. Maybe like a partial tear or like a strain or something, but... The dude was out saying, oh, the reason I healed better was because I never went into, I didn't go into a boot or, or like just the nonsense that's coming out. This or is listening to Orca's having sex. That's, that's actually what he said. Yeah. There's just so much weird yeah. shit that's come out of that man's mouth over the last few years that I'm not really buying any of it and, and until somebody can like leak a legitimate tear of his Achilles. I'm not, I'm not really buying it. I'm not buying it. And Speaking if he's back leaks, on the football. Was- Field. Yeah, speaking of leaks, Pardon. he was really upset about all this Sam, uh, sorry, Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson stuff um, about how like Tim Boyle was waived, Brett Ripien was signed off the Seahawks practice squad, and they, you know, they want to give it to Zach Wilson, but the report is that he's scared to go back in. And Rogers is like, "This is chicken shit. This is not what a winning organization does. We don't dime people out like that." He's like, "You know, we need to get to the bottom of this. What if it's..." Fucking Rogers, dude. I've never wanted someone to burn their source as bad as these reporters who are like, oh, my source is inside the team. For a little anarchy in here, okay? Just tell us that it was fucking Rogers. I'd love to I'd love to hear that shit. Love dude, it. no one love sounds it. more guilty than the guy being like, I can't believe someone is talking about this right now. That guy <laughs> should go that guy should go to jail. <laughs> or yeah. whatever. He should have yeah. his credentials revoked. And he's yeah. he's got the uh <clears throat> um, little in the background waiting for someone to catch him <laughs> while he's smoking ayahuasca waiting to come back and play football. I mean, but if ayahuasca does help 
you recover from an Achilles injury faster. <laughs> maybe maybe the NFL Players Union is like, you know what? This is a great idea. We should do that. And that's where I think we should put a pin in this episode of the Stats No Matter <laughs> podcast. Don't do ayahuasca, kids. Don't beg no. you know, for 15-leg parlays to hit because not a good idea. Yeah, I hear I hear you puke the entire like first day of your ayahuasca journey, by the way. So <laughs> it sounds take that with what you will. You you're literally trusted. drinking it sounds so cult like. You have a shaman that comes in and preps your uh journey and you're fed it over like the course of I want it was like two days, I think. And you You don't eat anything either. You you trip on an empty stomach. It's just sort of like tripped on empty stomach. mushrooms. And, yeah, apparently, and like one of the that's first... what Google tells me. I don't know, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I think <laughs> was it? Uh, I can't remember if there's a Netflix docu series with Zac Efron, uh, which yes. is phenomenal. By the way, it's so it was. Good. He had a whole episode about drinking like clear water, and you're like, dude, we don't even have clean water in the United States. Yeah. And he's like at this place in like. Oslo, Norway, or like, or Sweden. That's like we have water sommeliers. I'm like, excuse me, like what? Yeah. They're like they could tell like the viscosity and, and mineral, you know, counts yeah, of yeah, water. Yeah. I'm like, this is bad. Did they do? They didn't do ayahuasca on that one, right? They did some sort of. There was I something they did. I thought I, it, it may have been. I don't know, but there was there. They had a whole shaman thing or whatever. I don't know if it was ayahuasca. It may have been, but anyway, I, I could be totally off base here, but uh, I think there's an episode with it. Um. Anyway, fucking phenomenal show. There's two seasons of it. Season two, they brought in a little bit more production, had some animation and shit in there, and it didn't feel the same as, as season one, but still phenomenal show. Uh, but yes, kids, don't don't or maybe do it. Don't do Who drugs. Gives a fuck? Don't do don't don't do drugs. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're a consenting adult and you decide you wanna, you know, do things with your life. And that will do it. <laughs> because like Florida State, we out. Peace. <laughs> Oh, we never even got to talk about the college football playoff. Um, I tough. mean, if you want, we could like we could record a separate hit, and you could release that either before or after, or we can just. I, I we'll mean, do it. Uh, I can just talk about it. Let's do it. Uh, 